thought Dr. Clark very wise in being content to leave his aunt in charge of Dr. Rumbolt, the local man. And now about Mrs. Carstairs herself. She was seventy-six and young for her years. She enjoyed a little gardening, cutting off the dead flowers and going through the nurseryman's catalogues. She sketched a little. She did really beautiful needlework. She listened every night to the news on the wireless and was far better informed politically than her niece. Indeed, while I was with her, we listened to the whole of Professor McElwee's weekly tales on relativity and the world of today, about which I remember relatively nothing. I liked Mrs. Carstairs. She really was an old dear. While I was with her at Stonegate Lodge, she had two attacks, one of which was accompanied by alarming nosebleeding. Happily, she didn't realise their serious nature. She became very confused. Her memory went, and for a week or so she had to be kept very quiet. But in each case she made a good recovery, and though Dr. Rumbolt, a fussy little man, impressed on me the necessity of restraining her activities, he saw no reason why she should not pay a visit that had long been planned to her niece in Hampshire. Two days before we left, Dr. Clark came over from Yarminster with his little boy to say goodbye. Mrs. Carstairs and I were in a far corner of the garden. She was finishing a pretty little sketch of the house against its background of elms. The wisteria was all in flower. I had never seen so lovely a wisteria when the clerks joined us. Don't get up, he said. We mustn't interrupt your work. We can wait for tea if you invite us. But this afternoon light goes all too quickly. It will do Roger good to watch you. When he lays on the paints, he is far too impatient. Don't go, nurse, he said. I met an old friend of yours the other day, and he mentioned one of the most trying patients I have ever had, who it seemed had now settled in Yarminster, and to Dr. Clark's disgust, lived, so he informed us, on his doorstep. Mrs. Carstairs soon finished her sketch. We gave it the admiration it deserved, and I quickly picked up the cushions and painting paraphernalia of which Dr. Clark has quickly relieved me, leaving me, as always happens when my hands are empty and I have nothing to do, exceedingly awkward and out of place. However, I had the laugh of him later, when the sketchbook slipped out of his hands and the contents of the paint box were scattered over a gorse bush. It was young Roger, I noticed then, that was put on to their retrieving. We had tea on the terrace, where Miss Clark joined us. Candidly, I disliked the girl. She took no interest in her young nephew and less in her brother, though he had left that vulgar wife of his at home. I was glad that we were seeing the last of her. Before he left, I had a few words in private with Dr. Clark. There's no need to ask how your patient is, he said. She's far better physically and mentally than when I saw her last. The great thing is to keep her contented with doing little. It's just as well that at Bradgate she will be away from her garden, stooping down and stretching. It seems little enough for her, but it may be too much. I should encourage the sketching. You'll have to see that she doesn't spend too long by the lake. The whole place is far too damp and shut in, and I'm writing to my sister to get their doctor to keep an eye on her. I'm afraid that professionally it isn't a very interesting case for you, nurse. But it has meant a great deal to us all to know that you are at hand in case of an emergency.
Miss Clark, as I expect you know, would only get flustered. Now, you've no commissions in Yarminster, he added, taking out a slip of paper from his pocket. Paints, folding chair, has Russia a plan, eminent Victorians, crime at the folly, and any other books by the same writer. Is that for you, nurse? No, I know the old lady has a weakness for thrillers, so is only teasing. Three skeins of wool to match this, and to remind Coltman to forward two additional bottles of the mixture, as before, direct to Bredgut Manor. That will keep my wife busy. Where's the boy? Come along, Roger. It's high time we got back. We managed the journey down to Hampshire, a long cross-country journey too, without what Mrs. Carstairs called undue fatigue. I didn't like Bredgate Manor from the first. As Dr. Clark had said, it was far too much shut in with trees, and the lake was little more than...